happy to be here and uh, thank you pastor for allowing me to stand here it's always a privilege to stand before God and before his people um so as he mentioned thanksgiving is around the corner okay before i get into that let me just tell you where i'm from because i always come to the first service because i'm a morning person my wife is not but you know i'll Wake her up to make it here. So I know some of you have never met me and some have. Um, like he said, I'm from Ethiopia. I grew up half, more than half my life in Tanzania, which is also East Africa, by the Indian Ocean. So now the hottest it gets there is 96 and the coldest it gets is about 68, 65. So this right here, unbearable, especially with the wind. It's not even right. I don't know how people... I've seen some people in shorts... I, I don't know what's up with that. I don't get it. But you know, to each his own. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to be here. Be- been in Maryland for about a year now. Very lovely place. I love it. Before this, I was in Oklahoma. Uh, if you've never been there, there's no reason to go there. It's, it's absolutely boring. Uh, but we were there for school. Um, but yeah, let me go ahead and start. Um, again, this Thursday is Thanksgiving. Every third Thursday of the of November, if I'm not mistaken, third Thursday, right, is Thanksgiving, and this is where we come together with our families and you know just be thankful and grateful for the things that are hap- happening in our lives. And uh, the most amazing thing is the first time I went to a Thanksgiving celebration, a family, an American family, invited me because when I came here, I came as an international student, and uh, my first experience was very shocking. Because I've never seen anybody eat that much. That's the way people eat in Thanksgiving. It's amazing. They start at 10. They warm up something. They eat something light to kind of prepare the stomach for what's coming. And then there's a whole meal. But of course you can't end it there. You got to have dessert. And then the dessert, all sorts of the pumpkin pies. I don't know. I like pumpkin pies. But you know, that's another story. The pumpkin pies and all that. It's amazing how people eat. And then New Year comes in and there's New Year's resolution. You go work out for two weeks, and you know, <laughs> that's good. But anyway, <laughs> today I want to talk about the basics. Um, I love sports, especially soccer, or as I call it, football. I know football is another sport here, but it all has the same rule. You have to stick to the basics to win a game. In uh, soccer, you have to defend as a unit, and you have to attack as a unit, and work together, teamwork. There could be in individuals that are very skillful. Um, has anybody heard of the name Ronaldo or Messi? Okay, good. So I'm not talking all past you. So those p- players are out of this planet. They're amazing. However, they're useless if they play alone. What are they going to do if they don't have a team supporting them? They have to come back to the basics and work together as a team. And attack as a team, defend as a unit and everything. So basics. The same way I want us to go back to the basics. To remind us what we're grateful of today. Amen? I'm going to throw a lot of scriptures at you today. But that's how we know God. Through the word of God. That's how he talks to us. That's how he reveals to us. So our, my first point is grateful to be created in his image. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 through 27. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 
Imagine this. This is the guy that created the heavens and the earth. Everything we see outside, that's not man-made. God created. This same God didn't stop there. He said, you know what? I want to create man in my image. Number one reason, so we can have fellowship with him. For him to be our father. And as his children and know him and walk with him. Adam and Eve were created to walk with God. But unfortunately, something happened. They sinned. Most of you have grown up hearing this. You've heard the stories in uh, uh, children's Bible school. Or even when you read your Bible. We're well aware of this. So I wanted us to understand what it means to be created in His image. You know, sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, we're created in His image. But it's, it's a lot more than that. Imagine having fellowship with the God that created you. Amen? In uh, Psalms 8.3. Uh, chapter 8 verse 3 through 6 it says when i look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers the moon and the stars you set in place what are mere mortals that you should think about them human beings that you should care for them yet you made them only a little lower than god and crowned them with the glory and honor this is david speaking David, as we know, was one of the kings of Israel. And God called him a man after my own heart. Now, David was by no means a perfect man. But David was a man who lived with new covenant understanding in the Old Testament. He knew what it meant to have fellowship with God. He knew what it meant to live with God. So he's telling God how, how wonderful it is to be created in his image. He also writes in the book of Psalms, You have ordained my days long before I was born. You have planned my days out before our days to worship him our days to have fellowship with him as as we live our lives amen and then like i said unfortunately man sinned and uh, romans chapter 5 verse 12 it says when adam sinned sin entered the world adam's sin brought death so death spread to everyone for everyone sinned death is not just falling and just dying and not not existing anymore death in our definition, is to me, it means to be separated. We were separated from God. Or separation, our soul leaving our body. That's when life ends on this earth. The same way, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were separated from God. And that's when the first death arrived to, you know, as we know, to this earth. Uh, Romans 6.23 also says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So like I said, we're grateful to be created in His image. But along the way, something happened. Death entered this world, alright? But our God is not a God who does half a job. This is the God who planned for us to have fellowship with it. Imagine if it had just ended there, if this was the end of the story. It would be so sad. We'd be dead forever, lost forever, not having fellowship, not fulfilling the purpose of our calling. But God didn't end it there. Which brings me to my second point. Grateful for the free gift, Jesus Christ. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what we're passionate about. Imagine a free gift given to you. You did absolutely nothing. There's absolutely nothing you can do to earn this. You know, as human beings, we like to work so we can get something. You know, we feel like we have to do something to earn something. However, this gift, this only gift, you can do absolutely nothing to earn it. It was given to you for free. You did absolutely nothing. Did you die for it? No. But there was one who died for you, for your sins. Who paid the price for you. And that's what we're grateful for. Ephesians 2 verse 8 through 9 says, 
God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Imagine if we could do, if we could do it ourselves. If we could, there was no point for Jesus to come. Because we could have saved ourselves. We could have inherited salvation ourselves. But it was impossible. So God said, you know what? I'm going to help them. I'm going to help and bring them back to the original plan I had for them. Their whole reason we're created in His image. Bring us back to that fellowship through this free gift. Um, there's a story. Um, I don't know if it's true, but it draws a wonderful painting, a wonderful picture. This man was walking and it was pitch black. It was really dark, so he, he could barely see where he was walking. And as he was walking, he falls into a pit. And he's trying to grab something. And he manages to grab a root that was sticking out. And he's screaming, help, help, you know, help. And then God comes by and says, you know what? If you want me to save you, you have to let go. Let it, and the guy's like, what do you mean let go? If I let go, I'm going to die. And God is saying, if you let go, you're going to live. I'm going to save you. That's the same thing to all of us. That's how we reach this point. You had to let go of your own to uh, let him save you. Because there's nothing you can do. That man could have never reached up there. He could have never saved himself. The same way we could have never saved ourselves. But God had to pay a price for us through Jesus Christ. And we are grateful for that. Amen. This Thanksgiving when we gather. Remember this is a free gift given to us. There's absolutely nothing you can do to earn it. First uh, Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. There's a part that says, once for all time. Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. If his payment was not for everyone, and until now, if it wasn't for the future as well, we'd have been doomed. He paid for every sin you committed, as well as what you're going to commit. If it didn't work for the future... That price he paid 2,000 years ago would have been meaningless. Again, you did absolutely nothing to earn it. Uh, a few years back, I was just praying, you know, trying to comprehend the love of God. You know, our love is very limited, our understanding of love. You know, when you love someone, it's very, very conditional as human beings. As long as that person keeps pleasing you, you're going to love them. But when they start doing things you don't like, and they start hurting you, you start backing off. That love you have for that person ends. Even for your own children. Eventually you're like, you know what? I can't do this no more. Imagine if God was like that. My goodness. Do you know how many times we offend him? So much. But God's love for us. He explained this to me. There is absolutely nothing you can do. To increase or decrease God's love for you. His love for you is constant. The way he loves me is the same as he loves someone who there who never knows him. You know, there's so much hatred and crazy things going on in this world right now. You know, people killing people for no reason. But you know what's even crazier? God loves that person the same way he loves me. Jesus died for that same person the same way he died for me. There was no special thing done for me more than him. Everything was done equally. Jesus was given for everyone equally. And this is something to be grateful for. There's nothing we can do to inherit it. Imagine if we had to do all this work on our own. I don't think we'd ever make it. Which is why he came. Amen. Romans 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 6 through 11 says, When we were utterly helpless... 
Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is specially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we are yet still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ made us friends of God. This is amazing stuff. I know it was a lot. But basically what he's saying is, while we're still yet sinners, Christ died for us. I remember when I was a teenager, uh, you know, my family, you know, started a church. It started as a women's prayer group. My mom and her girlfriends would pray. And they're like, you know what, why don't we invite our husbands and children? And then it just became a church. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to an African church. But African church services are long. Three hour long, at least, minimum. So they will sing worship songs for an hour. They will preach an hour. And then they will sing songs again. And then when you're about to go, let's sing a song for you to go. And how about another one? It never ends, okay? And as a teenager, that's brutal. I'm like, my goodness, I'm tired. I just want to go. I want to go watch a game or play some sport. So you go in church at 10 and you leave at 2.30. And you're starving. So... You know, I, needless to say, I didn't enjoy it. So my week, Monday through Friday, was full of things I wanted to do. Uh, in Africa, if you want to go out clubbing, you can. If you want to drink, you can drink. The only question they'll ask you is, can you afford it? Do you have money to pay for this? Here, you know, you have to show your ID, right? Back home, if you can pay for it, you can have it. So Friday nights, I do whatever I want. But Saturday nights, I, you know, I know I have to go to Sunday on, ch- on Sunday morning. So Saturday nights, I don't do anything because, you know, I just don't want to offend God. In fact, side story again. My mom used to pray for us. A mother's prayer is amazing. You mothers, your prayers get to, to God, let me tell you. So one night I was out on a Friday night and I didn't even drink. I'm just there. At a nightclub, my knees start to shake. I have no idea why, but I'm shaking. I can't stand. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, wobbling. And you know what? You know what? I'm just going to go home. I went home. A few weeks later, I hear my mom praying in a, like a before dinner or whatever. She's like, God, if they go somewhere they're not supposed to go, let their knees shake. And I started laughing. You know, <laughs> I was busting out. And she's like, what? Did that happen to you? No. Nothing happened. <laughs> so, yes, a mother's prayer works. It really works. But that's a side story again, just to encourage you mothers. Also, father's prayers work, you know. <laughs> but, so my my story was, you know, I do whatever I want. And then Saturday, I have to prepare myself to be holy so I can go before God. And, you know, every time there's an altar call, I go out there because I feel guilty. And re-give my life over and over. Over and over. Jesus, please take me back. Take me back. But you know, that's not how it works. Imagine if God could just throw you out every time. But His love for you will never change. Regardless of what you do, His love for you is constant. You see, I was afraid of what might happen to me. But fear is not a motivation to live for Him. When, what happens when you're not afraid? You do whatever you want to do. But love is a stronger motivation. 
When you love someone, you'll do whether they see you, whether they're there, whether they're not. You'll live for them. You'll do whatever it takes for them. You know, like my, I love my wife. Whether she's home or not, I want to do things that please her. When she comes home, if I'm there, I want to prepare it the way will make her happy. And vice versa. Now imagine for God living for him. If you're afraid, the second that fear is gone, you just keep doing what you will do, like I used to. And then, oh man, I'm afraid now, so I need to come back to God. It doesn't work like that. God's love motivates us to live for him. And we are grateful that he has loved us unconditionally. You know... He always works outside of the understanding we have. We always try to put to limit God in our own mere mortal minds. It doesn't work like that. God's, God is outside time, first of all, which is why He's able to save us 2,000 years ago throughout these ages. Amen? And uh, His love for us is unchangeable. Again, there's absolutely nothing you can do to increase or decrease God's love for you. Amen? And the third point is grateful to live a heavenly life now. This is a struggle for most of us. You know, uh, many times I hear these hymns. I hate hymns. They're so slow and boring to me. I can't stand it. If you like them, no offense to you. you know, do, you, do you? But personally, I know pastor mentioned they love hymns. But, you know, they came up with it in England. So I'm sure he loves it. But in my opinion, I like Music with a lot of beat. You know, I'm African. We like music. I like bass. You know, I want to hear that boom, boom. And, you know, get in and dance and whatnot. You know, here they look at you funny if you dance. But back in Africa, in our churches, we boogie. It's amazing, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, I, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, the hymns here, you know, they, they I hear the same some song saying, when we go to heaven, we'll have a wonderful life and all that. Why? Why only when you go? If you've been saved now, if you've been given Christ now, if it was for later, he would have just taken you now. But the whole point is for you to enjoy life here, now. Enjoy life to the fullest. While you're here on earth. Because he paid the price for it. Because he gave it to you freely. In everything you do, he allowed you to have it. So we don't enjoy just when we go to heaven. We enjoy life now. He gave us eternal life. We are separated by death because of sin. But now he called us holy. This changed my prayer life completely. Uh, knowing that there's absolutely nothing I can do to change his mind about me. Changed my prayer life completely. Now when I go before his throne. When you go to pray. You know there's absolutely nothing that can stop you. You go boldly before him, before his throne. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Excuse me. Excuse me. So, when we go before him, when I pray, I know he listens to me. Because regardless of how much I mess up, regardless of how good or bad I think I'm doing, he still listens to me because he gave me his son, Jesus Christ. And that's something great to be thankful about. This is Thanksgiving week. You know, you don't have to, of course, you don't have to wait a year to thank him for this, just like every other thing. But I wanted us to remember these basics of what it means to be a Christian. These basics on how he paid the price for us. 
and how his love was extended to us this unchangeable love this unconditional love in uh, colossians 3 verse 1 through 2 it says since you have been raised to new life with Christ set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand think about the things of heaven not the things of earth you know you could ask yourself okay i've been saved how do i live this life now that i've been called you know the bible says we've been we are seated on the right hand side of the father through Christ Jesus the minute we receive this gift this free gift when you go home today i don't care if you haven't heard anything i just want you to hear one thing at least there is absolutely nothing you can do to increase or decrease god's love for you his love for you is unconditional we have to come out of this mentality of putting conditions in everything as human beings we condition everything everything has conditions but now with god he freely gave you this love and he will never change this is the driving force this is what makes us want to live for him so grateful to live a heavenly life now titus 2:11 uh to 14 says i have the wrong note here so i'll read it from over there for the grace of god has been revealed bringing salvation to all people and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures we should live in this evil world with wisdom righteousness and devotion to god while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ be revealed i want to read it in a, a different version as well because it kind of hits the spot it says for the grace of god has appeared that offers salvation to all people this salvation came to us as jesus christ this grace this unmerited favor unmerited we did absolutely nothing to deserve it only by the love of god was this given to us it brought salvation to us but it didn't end there it also t- teaches us to live a holy life it says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope that the appearing of glory of great god and savior jesus christ so i'll use my life again before everything was based on fear so when the weekend when the weekday is over weekend comes in i'm like oh my goodness i have to go to church i have to be before god oh lord forgive me for everything i've done blah 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 you know you know the ritual i'm sure at one point all of us have been there but when i understood what the true grace meant it changed everything now i'm not afraid but now i'm in love and this love motivated me to live a holy life for him not only that it taught me the holy spirit came to this earth to convict people to come to christ but it didn't end there once you receive christ he is the one who teaches you as well the same thing that brought you salvation now teaches you to live a godly life to live in a way that reflects your love to god it says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age this is an amazing thing you could never do it on your own like i said earlier if it was something we could do on our own christ would have never had to die for us there's so many rules and regulations in the old testament that they failed miserably to do 
But Jesus came and changed everything. He said, you know what? I got you. I'm going to pay the price. Now, I just want you to focus on loving me and living for me. And live to the calling I first had for you, which the first point. We're created in His image to have fellowship with Him. He opened that door back on us. Death had separated us, but that free gift opened it back so that we can have that fellowship with Him all over again. And it's an honor to have fellowship with this God who created us. Amen? And so, as you go out today, just remember the calling you have in your lives. Just remember the fellowship why you are called. And this love is very... Um, contagious. Spread it out to the others. Let them see you're not afraid to have fellowship with God because you don't live with fear but with love of Christ. Amen? Grateful to be created in His image. Grateful for the free gift and grateful to live a heavenly life now. You don't have to die to live a heavenly life. You start living a heavenly life now. You know, a lot of people have this mixed up and you're not led motivated by fear i hear a lot of preachers just preaching fear but god is not fear what the bible says god is what is love where the heck did we get this fear from god is love love changes everything absolutely everything so again there's absolutely nothing you can do to increase or decrease god's love for you and this should be the driving force in your life this should motivate you to live for him and this is what we teach our children. We teach them what it means to love unconditionally. What it means to go before their father or mother and our heavenly father. He's the mother to the motherless and father to the fatherless. So let's teach them what his love means and not our conditioned mind uh, understanding of love. Amen? So the first step to all this is, of course, receiving him. If you want to know more about this, I know the pastor mentioned there's connection cards over there. You can always fill that out and we'll get back to you, we'll reach to you. And we're always happy to explain or uh, and pray for you and everything. Uh, so before I finish, I want to pray for you uh, because I know most of us will be traveling. And uh, let's just pray.